warning, the following content is intended for mature audiences only, as it pertains material that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Empath for the Unsolved. I'm your host, Shawnee. Please join me in being a voice for the voiceless. Tune in for each episode to learn about victims without justice. Learn each victim by name, who they were, and how their families have had their loved one taken away from them by the hands of someone else. These are victims of unsolved mysterious deaths, murder, and or missing persons. These are cases that families are still fighting for every day for justice to be served. Please share this episode to help spread awareness. And remember, there are no stars in true crime. Andy Barlow was full of life, love for her family and friends, lived for adventure, enjoyed various sports, including basketball and bowling. She was a fighter, hardworking, and a go-getter. Most importantly, she was a daughter, a sister, and a friend to many. Angela Gianna Ann Barlow was born August 21, 1993 in Denver, Colorado to parents Stephen and Christina Barlow. The Barlow family moved to Farmland, Indiana when Angie was two years old which is where Andy's mother is originally from. The Barlows also lived in Yorktown, Indiana from the time Angie was seven years old to the time she was out of middle school. They moved to Muncie, Indiana just before Angie's freshman year of high school. Angie was the oldest of four children. She has three younger sisters, Wendy, Jessie, and Zarima. Angie was crazy about her sisters as they were crazy about her. Angie always went all out for their birthdays. For her sister Jessie, she would pick her up on her birthday from school with flowers, balloons, and gifts and would take her out to eat. She was a big sister that helped her little sister Wendy get ready for school dances, including her prom. She would come over and stay up watching horror movies with her sisters. Angie's youngest sister, Zarima, aka Z, was Angie's quote-unquote baby. She adored and loved Z as if she was her own. When Z was younger, she always had a lot of appointments at the Children's Hospital in Indianapolis. Angie was always there for those appointments, and afterwards, Angie, her mother, and Z would all go out to lunch together. Growing up, Angie played a lot of sports, including basketball, softball, volleyball, track and field, cheerleading, and bowling. She broke her own school record five times in shot put. She was her school's hoop shoot champion. She had 44 three free throws in two minutes. In high school, she even made it into the Bowling Hall of Fame. For her accomplishments, she was inducted into the Hall of Fame as Star of Yesteryear. Angie loved taking trips. She loved shoes. Her favorite color was baby blue. No matter how old she got, she always called her mother Christina Mommy. She had her beloved Yorkie Pablo, and she had the phrase, This too shall pass, tattooed across her chest, just below her clavicle bone. 
She was happy, outgoing, and a true go-getter. Angie moved from Muncie to Indianapolis when she was around 19 years old. Once she was there, Angie had made many friends. If she wasn't working, she was always out with her friends, living life and seeking adventure. A couple years later, Angie's best friend from back in Muncie moved to Indianapolis and became Angie's roommate. Angie was an exotic dancer and worked at Club Rio in Indianapolis. Angie seen dancing as an art form. She had talked about teaching pole dancing classes and one day wanted to open her own studio. Regardless of what her profession was, she's someone's daughter, she's someone's sister, she's someone's friend. She was a person with a generous, loving, and caring heart. On October 26, 2016, Angie received an invite via text to dance at a private party. This had been a follow-up invite that Angie had received a few months prior from an unidentified white female. Angie had just returned from a trip to Florida and needed extra money to help pay her rent. It was said by Angie's close friend that she was getting ready to work at the club that night when this text with an invite to dance for $500 was received. It was known that Angie took up on the offer to dance at that private party when she texted her best friend the address to the apartment complex at the 700 block of Harcourt. It was clear Angie was uneasy about entering that apartment because she texted in case I go missing along with the address of where the private party was being held. Angie had posted a Snapchat of herself shortly thereafter from what appears to be the bathroom of the apartment. That would be the last time anyone would see or hear from Angie. The following day, Angie's best friend and roommate knew that something wasn't right because she hadn't heard from Angie since the night before. At their apartment, her friend found their apartment to be empty and Angie's Yorkie Pablo alone, which was very uncharacteristic of Angie. It was at this time her friend contacted Angie's mother, Christina, to tell her that something's just not right. Her parents then made the 60-mile drive to Indianapolis from Muncie. They had gone to the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department to report Angie missing, which at first the police didn't take it seriously as she was an adult and she may have willingly gone off on her own, so the first 12 hours, the search for Angie was conducted by her family and friends. Angie's best friend decided to go to the apartment of the address Angie had sent her the night before, which would be Angie's last known location. Once at the apartment, her friend ended up with no answer and looked in the window. She had seen the apartment was cleared out and empty. What her friend gathered from the neighbors was that the couple that lived there had moved out that morning. Mind you, this is the morning following that private party that Angie was asked to dance at. Angie's mother was finally able to file a missing person report. Flyers were plastered all over the city. A Facebook page was created called Bring Angie Home. There was a billboard and a $5,000 reward offered for anyone with information leading to finding Angie. 
During this time, Detective Jean Burton found out whose apartment had belonged to, which was Raven Miller and Baron McCullough. They were known as a couple, and it was later found out that they had gotten married a few days prior to Angie going missing. Allegedly, Baron had frequent at Club Rio where Angie danced. Her and Baron had gone out. Raven had found out and didn't like Angie. Angie was aware of Raven and didn't like her neither. I don't know the actual nature of Angie and her tie to Baron and Raven. It was made clear, though, by Angie's best friend that if Angie had known the apartment was Raven and Baron's or had seen them upon arriving, Angie would have never stepped foot into that apartment. So who answered the door that night when Angie arrived and for her to be comfortable enough to get ready and to share a Snapchat? It was determined the phone number that had been texting Angie for months insisting she dance for that private party was in fact Raven's phone number. The detective had pulled surveillance footage from the apartment complex from the entrance point where it was discovered that Angie's car was seen pulling out of the complex at 3.29 a.m. with the car following close behind. It was too dark to see any of the occupants in either of the cars. They were, however, able to pull the plate number from the second car, which was registered to Raven Miller. Raven and Baron were called in for questioning. They claimed that Angie had left the apartment around 3 a.m. When the detective asked why Raven's car was seen following Angie's car, they asked if they were being arrested. When they were told no, they refused to respond to any further questions. They had gotten a lawyer and soon fled the state to Arizona, which doesn't sit right with me or anyone seeking justice for Angie. I'm not familiar with how things work from a legal standpoint, but you're going to tell me that someone who pretended to be someone else when they lured Angie to the apartment their car was seen following Angie's car out of the complex isn't enough to get a warrant or something to get a lead on Angie's whereabouts, along with Angie's blue Pontiac G6, her purse, her phone, and her car keys. is super alarming and suspicious. The few days following Angie's disappearance, her family kept calling Angie's phone as any concerned family would. Someone other than Angie had answered Angie's phone. They stated Angie had left her phone, it died, and they charged it, and that's why they had answered. When Angie's family pressed for further information on Angie's whereabouts, they hung up and no longer would answer Angie's phone. About 12 days after Angie's disappearance. Police had located Angie's blue Pontiac G6 with the help of her family and the finance company using the tracking device on Angie's car. The police swabbed the inside of the vehicle for DNA, which it was rumored there was blood in the back seat when in actuality there wasn't. There was also no signs that Angie's had been in the trunk of her own car. After eight long months of endless searching and high hopes of finding Angie alive, an anonymous tip came in about a body being buried in the backyard of a rental home. 
in the 5300 block of East 43rd Street on the northeast side of Indianapolis. The following day, June 21st, 2017, the remains were identified as Angie's. I would like to note that the rental home had been previously rented by Barron's family. Angie was just 23 years old. She was beautiful with long dark hair, brown eyes, and a sparkling smile. Angie was taken away from her loved ones due to murder at the hands of monsters who placed Angie in a shallow grave like she didn't matter. But in fact, she did matter. She was a human being and no excuse or reasoning is ever enough to justify what they did to her. We have our speculations of the two individuals I've mentioned earlier. I myself and those closest to Angie believe there are other persons involved in the murder of Angie Barlow. Out of respect to Angie's family, I will not disclose Angie's cause of death because it was never supposed to go public as it was supposed to be a sealed document. According to the homicide detective of Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Department, he says that they don't have enough information to solve Angie's case. They need a witness to come forward with that missing piece and let them know what truly happened that night in October 2016. In about six weeks from this recording, it'll be five years since Angie went missing. Five years without answers. Five years since her parents and sisters got to hug her. Five years since her closest friends have gotten a text from her. Friends who say that she was more like a sister. There hasn't been any movement towards solving Angie's murder. To you as the listeners, here's how Angie's mother, Christina, says you can help. People can help by being involved. You see something, say something, know something, come forward. If you're listening to this and happen to know anything about what happened to Angie Barlow, I am begging you to please make that call. It's anonymous. Stop living in fear. Let Angie have justice and allow her family the answers they've been seeking for five years. Let them grieve in peace. If you have any information pertaining to the murder of Angie Barlow, you can call one 800 222 tips that's t i p s again that is 1-800-222 t i p s or you can call indianapolis metropolitan police department at 317-327-3871 again that is 317-327-3871 I would like to add that Angie should be here. Angie should be living her life, making her dreams come true, and creating more memories with her loved ones and her closest friends.
to those who hurt Angie and took her precious life away, how dare you? I hope your guilt cripples you until the day justice is served and every day that follows. I want to give a special thanks to Christina Barlow for spending time chatting with me and truly giving me a glimpse of who Andrew truly was. My heart is with you. My fight for Angie's justice doesn't stop until someone is charged in her murder. Thank you to those who've tuned in. You can join the the movement of Justice for Angie on the Justice for Angie Facebook page. If you have a case that you feel isn't being heard enough and it's unsolved and needs more awareness, you can email me at empathfortheunsolved at AOL.com. Thank you for listening. Remember to be a voice for the voiceless. You can join the movement of fighting for justice by following Empath Worthy Unsolved on Facebook and on Twitter. Join the conversation. Share that post of that missing person or that unsolved case. Learn their names, share their names and their stories. And don't ever stop fighting for justice.